0: From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee and this is the Autosport Podcast. Formula One is back. You missed it, didn't you? We all did. It's so good to see cars on track. And let's get into what happened on Friday at the Dutch Grand Prix, joined by Autosport.com's news editor, Sam Hall. It seems like five minutes, Sam, and the cars are back on track, but we love it. Did you have a good summer break? Uh, Yeah, it's been a nice break, nice
1: time without some racing or without Formula One. I'll wind up everyone who supports other championships. I suggest there's been no racing, but yeah, nice break and uh, back into the thick of it this weekend.
0: And here we go once again with Max Verstappen able to set all new records. And let's face it, he probably will on Sunday afternoon. But before we get into that, Daniel Ricciardo has been taken to hospital after a a practice crash. Can you fill us in on this breaking news as of us recording this? What's the latest information that we have coming into the newsroom?
1: Yeah, at the time of recording, um, Daniel Ricciardo crashed uh, the hairpin, um, the banked hairpin, at Zandvoort, followed Oscar Piastri into the barriers, but he caught his his hand on the car when he held onto the steering wheel, and that's a big no-no when you're having a crash. Don't do that. You're going to get injured. So he's now been taken to hospital for precautionary scans, but the replay showed he was in such discomfort He took his glove off, but then he didn't use that hand to help himself get out of the car. He was in a sling in pictures that showed him being taken to the hospital. At the moment, we're trying to work out what would happen if he can't race. Um, We're led to believe that Nick DeVry is still contracted to AlphaTauri, to the Red Bull family. There's one option. Liam Lawson is another option, who is the official reserve driver, who is... On site this weekend um so there's options there, but obviously sort of Dan Ricardo is the drive that we're mainly focused on um apparently his wrist is very painful um the quote here is um his hand wrist obviously got some damage, but we have to wait until we get an exact diagnosis that's from the team before they make a decision of what's gonna happen obviously.
0: Yeah, it's one of these injuries. Like in football, when you get a cruciate ligament uh, injury in football, it can be sometimes an innocuous thing, but it can be really serious and put you out for a long time. A, you know, a small bone or whatever can be very painful. We saw earlier this year, Lance Stroll racing through pain and uh, was able to carry on. Do we got any more information coming in uh, about when we might get an update from the team or the press office is there or we're we just standing by to hear?
1: We are just standing by as um, again at the time of recording just standing by on that um, and you mentioned Lance Stroll. He wasn't racing or qualifying the next day after his instance. So um. True. He had a little bit of recovery time, albeit not much.
0: Yeah, it'd be fascinating to see who they do put in that seat. Of course, uh, we assumed, um, I'm not sure whether it was ever confirmed or not, that Nick De Vries, because he's been very quiet since he left, that he was still under contract to the team and that it wasn't a performance clause that got him out of the team and cancelled the contract. It was a case of, we don't want you driving the car, but we need to pay you until you know, the end of the year or date in you know, December or whatever. So um, we presumed he was just being a uh, gardening leave is the phrase, isn't it? But um, uh, it'd be funny to see him back. Highly doubt it. We'll uh, obviously hope for the best for Daniel Ricciardo. Let's talk a little bit about free practice two And, well, Max Verstappen and the home fans not getting it all their own way, at least in free practice too, uh, because we did see some pace from Lando Norris in the McLaren, uh, putting in a one eleven. 11 0.330 just ahead of Max. So yeah, two and a half, hundredths of a second behind. So it's not as if he's miles off. Uh, what were the big talking points and free practice too, Sam?
1: Um, other than the Ricardo crash, obviously, like I said, Oscar Piastri involved in that big damage to his McLaren um, and he set out the rest of the session. It was about... 10 minutes into the session, the 10, 15 minutes into the session that this accident happened. Um, so he's lost significant running and this is first race, I believe that he's done at Zandvoort. So that's a huge loss for him. Um, other than that, Max Verstappen not being fastest is always going to be a talking point um, in this and the pace of McLaren is, um, McLaren, they built really, really slowly through FP1. They were right at the bottom of the times and slowly came up. And then obviously now they're right at the top. Historically, this has not been a good track for them. Um, Even in the years where Daniel Ricciardo won uh, in Monza and then last year, this was not a good track for them, but all seems to have changed now. Williams are the other talking point. They were very, very high up in the results with Alex Albon third. Um, and again, only two tenths of a second off of Lando Norris's time. So you would think that they've got to be in the mix for Q three. And James Vowles, team principal, has suggested that that's where they're aiming. Um, but is you've got to question is that a high enough aim for them given the pace that they've got this weekend? Um, Logan Sargent P twelve. So they could get both cars in that top 10
0: yeah and then followed in fourth place by lewis hamilton in the first of the mercedes george russell teammate down in in 14th just tell us a little bit more about your personal opinion on the williams because we've been led to believe it's very track specific which is a reason why mclaren pointed out they were slow the last time out in spa because it required a specific aero package they weren't going to build a one-off following three podiums or you know whatever you call finishing in the top three in the sprint if it's a podium or not but finishing some great results and then uh struggling more in spa and so but they were saying look it's fine you know we don't think we've suddenly lost pace it's just we weren't going to bring a, a specific package here like we will to monza and talking about track specific williams we've always been told wait till you get to the tracks with Long straights with low drag, very skinny rear wing. We're going to see the Williams quick. So what's happening there, do you think? Are they just running very low fuel? Are they turning things up more? We know that Red Bull and Max Verstappen are going to have everything turned down to the absolute minimum today just to get the running in. Um, Can we read much into that Williams result coming in third today?
1: Um, Yes and no. I think Williams they've got no reason to hide anything, no reason to hide their pace. And again, this is shown by Yuki Sonoda being in fifth with Alpha Tauri. So they will have been in exactly the same boat, just going, right, what have we got to lose by, or gain by hiding what we've got? Um, So they probably did have things turned up a bit more than the other teams. But I still think that Williams is going to be in the top 10 in qualifying in the hands of Alex Albon, at least. Um, we know if you look back at Monza last year when you had the low drag tra- track there, there, Vries scored points for Williams um still his only points in Formula one um, so yeah it, it, Williams have got a car that they can do something with this weekend, um and on Mercedes, just looking at them they they 're about where you'd expect them to be, given where they 've been for the last few races, sort of they're four five tenths back on Red Bull. But they're they're consistently there and they're consistently at that position. It doesn't really matter who's the second best team to Red Bull, whether it's McLaren, Aston Martin, Ferrari. Mercedes always seems to be about the same distance back and probably the third best team the whole time on pace.
0: Now, let's talk a little bit about Ferrari. What I like to do going into a weekend is just look at the articles that we'd written 12 months ago. It helps <laughs> refresh my memory. I like to go back and watch last year's you know sessions and race and all that kind of stuff. I like to read what we put on autosport.com just to refresh my memory. And we put uh, the, one of the sort of, 10 things that we learned about the weekend, I think we do on Mondays, uh, fantastic uh, list if you haven't uh, caught that regular feature that we do. One of our top 10 things we learned from last year's race at this venue was um, I don't know who the author of that article was. Maybe it was you know Matt or JBL or Alex. They were saying, we can't see when Ferrari will win again. Last win was at the Red Bull Ring last year. And after the result last year, Max Verstappen winning. But the performance of Ferrari saying, look, the, the trajectory we're on, we can't see when they're going to win again this year. And we're worried about next year. Now, I'll always sing the praises of our amazing colleagues because as prophetic as that was, well, they nailed that one because... Ferrari weren't even in the top 10 with their two cars today and Carlos Sainz got a slightly longer summer break thanks to Robert Schwartzman can you just fill us in on that and any thoughts on the Ferraris today? Uh,
1: Yeah teams are required to allow a junior driver or a rookie driver um, to take part in two FP1 sessions at least across the season Um, so this was and a lot of teams have not done this yet for this season. So we've got a whole backlog. We're going to see some weird and wonderful names for people who don't watch the junior formula um, appear coming towards the end of the season. So Schwarzman was one of these drivers and Carlos Sainz decided that he would be happy to sit out the FP1 here. Um, So Sainz took part in FP2. Neither Ferrari driver in FP1 went on the soft tyre. They did their fastest times on the medium tyre. So you kind of thought, okay, they're not in the top 10, but let's see what they do on the soft tyre. On the soft tyre in FP2, it wasn't much better. Charles Leclerc 11th and Carlos um in 16th and both significantly off the pace. I think Charles is about second back just looking at the time. He's, only, he's six tenths back, so a short track, so small gaps, but six tenths back... I almost echo what was said in that piece this time last year. You don't know when Ferrari are going to win again. They they don't seem to be moving in any kind of correct direction. And that's not anything against Fred Vasseur. He's come in and he's having to deal with what he is. Um, during the break between sessions today, there's the usual team principals press conference. And Vasseur was in that and he was talking about sort of, well, it wasn't for so in there, sorry. That was um, head of chassis, Enrique Cardil. Um, and the team is apparently now crystal clear on where it got its design for this year wrong and where it needs to go next year. But we've heard this all before from Ferrari. They've, they have said that next year's car will not be an evolution of this year's car. So it'll be a brand new car, different chassis, different design, different rear end that will apparently allow them to develop or better develop the car to achieve its targets essentially starting with a blank sheet of paper a couple of years into a set of regulations that they had the fastest car when these regulations started bizarre how ferrari have got this so wrong i don't see when ferrari win another race and that will hurt a lot of people
0: no absolutely many ferrari fans around the world i think would echo your comments and one of the podcasts i'd like to make perhaps over the next couple of weeks if i can grab a few guests that have got an opinion on this is what does it mean for ferrari's driver lineup which is a really strong one in terms of uh, how both drivers work together the relative talents i uh, probably wouldn't say it to his to you know science's face but Charles claire is a quicker driver than carlos science uh, and no formula one driver likes to admit any of their weaknesses they always think that <laughs> they all think they're the fastest driver on the grid i guess you've got to have supreme confidence but i wouldn't <laughs> say it to his face but you know leclerc is a quicker driver but that that question of is Charles claire's career going to be ruined in in formula one by ferrari is a question i've seen people raising i think it's Premature, I think it's uh, sensationalist to say things like that, but it's an interesting talking point. Maybe we'll dig into that on a future podcast. Before we go, let me ask you about any upgrades the teams have bought here on Merck and Aston have got. At least a couple of bits. You know, if anyone thinks the Formula One's not been racing for a month, so they've all been developing bits. Uh, you know, we, you know, Monday morning, people were back at work. Inboxes were filling up from people getting into work on a Monday morning. You know, those of us that get emails from people within teams, we were all getting those on Monday morning because they genuinely were off. They are not allowed uh, to go and develop the cars, to go and be working. That's the point of the summer break. And so, I'm guessing not a wholesale set of changes in terms of upgrades up and down the grid, Sam? Um,
1: not entirely. Um, there are a decent amounts still, um, Aston Martin and Mercedes chiefly, but as, as you say, so teams are forced to stop working Um, because otherwise they just wouldn't because every minute you stop working is time that you lose on the car. Um, So they have to be physically forced to stop working. Aston Martin have, and I've got to get this right because otherwise someone will probably shoot me. Aston Martin have raised the lower surface of the floor body, reshaped floor fences and tweaked floor edges. So it's basically everything around the floor. On Sky, it was described as essentially an entirely new floor that mes- that the Aston Martin had. Um, and obviously, they've dropped back quite a lot recently. They haven't been on the podium for some time. Um, Mercedes has modified the floor edge, um, which is something we see a lot of the cut teams do this year. It seems to be a constant thing that everyone's got a new floor edge. Um, that has a reduced span forward floor edge wing. Describes to reduce losses, improving flow to the rear and increasing rear downforce for everyone that understands techno babble. Um, side pod mirror stay has also been changed to improve the airflow. Ferrari has left its car alone, um, basically, um, and Red Bull has introduced a new beam wing. McLaren So far, they have worked most on replicating straight line efficiency of the Red Bull because, let's face it, if you can't beat them, join them. Um, And they've got a new beam wing and rear wing and that is your rundown on the parts. I feel like we need the top of the pops music there or pick of the pops music. <laughs>
0: I'll get it ready for next time. Next next Friday when when we get you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm glad you say that you must force Formula One teams to slow down. That's what the budget cap has done as well. The days of having you know, four hundred million dollar or three hundred Million pound budgets. Uh, fortunately, that arms race. If you don't control a Formula One team, you know the days of Mercedes and Ferrari and you know Red Bull. They will just spend. So they uh, they do need. Uh, controlling a little bit, and we hope that everybody in Formula One had a good, uh, at least a good break. Well, thank you very much for joining us today on the podcast. Can't wait to get you back on a on a future Friday. And so, uh, have a good weekend. Hopefully, it's a, a competitive one. I think I don't think it's is any secret that Max Verstappen is probably odds-on favourite to do another record-breaking win here. Um, but we'll see. McLaren look quick, so there could be a surprise. You never know. There
1: Record won't break, be. Never
0: There won't be. No, I'm just. I'm trying to throw some jeopardy in for our listeners to go. Oh, anything could happen. It really won't. Uh, But, but this is why the midfield battle is so good uh, to uh, to watch. Well, thank you very much for joining us and listening on the podcast qualification podcast. Tomorrow will be, uh, I think, with JBL, TBC. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one.
1: Podcast Network.